Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? Uh, nice to see you. That's ridiculous. I can't see you. I'm glad you're here. I'm sorry about my voice. I'm a little sick. My, I'm, I've been invaded. My, my head and my lungs have been uh, occupied by uh, simple organisms. And I guess from what I understand, my body trying to get rid of those organisms or the, the lesions of them that are dying is producing a lot of snot and goo that is now uh, you know, fucking with my voice. But I didn't want to deny you. I didn't want to uh, to not do a show, which would be ridiculous. You can still hear me. I always wonder what people do. Like For some reason, I feel like I'm the only person that does shows with this voice. I, I don't listen to enough radio to know whether other people do it. But that that's neither here nor there. I'm fine. I know. I got the tweets. I got the emails. I got the Facebook messages. I know. I need a neti pot. I understand. I've used something similar. I used a sinus wash. Some people say that you can get more sick from that. Either way, it is definitely a, a humbler, a exercise in, uh, an exercise in humility to squirt you know, water up your nose until it comes out your mouth. Uh, you feel like you're doing something, perhaps you are, but I just find that even given the vitamins I'm taking and the oregano oil, oregano oil that I took to get rid of this thing, that once it settles in, it settles in. So that's what you're hearing. Uh, I'm, uh, I have a co-host today, and that will be the bacteria or viruses, I believe, uh, that have inhabited my lungs and head for the time being. Uh, welcome. Welcome to them, and uh, welcome to you. How do I want to start this today? I, in the studio a little later in the, here at the Cat Ranch in the garage, I'm going to have Dave Hill, who I don't know a lot about. But I do know that he's around. I've uh, he's stuck a microphone in my face here and there. I do know he makes frequent appearances on This American Life uh, on NPR. Ira Glass's precious and touching, uh, but fairly well uh, constructed show. So I need to get something out of Dave Hill. I need to uh, I need to compete here because I feel like I'm being ostracized by This American Life. I've submitted to them before. Maybe my life is not what they have in mind, or maybe I'm not phrasing it right. I don't know, not jealous, not resentful, but I would like to be on, couldn't hurt. So that's coming up. Here's something I was thinking about because I've discussed uh, atheism. I've discussed my own uh, agnosticism. I don't find myself searching for God. I don't find myself angrily not believing in God or defending that stance. I'm sort of open to the mystic because uh, I find it entertaining. I do like to, uh, to think that there's something else percolating, but I don't define it in any way. But I have always thought about the need to believe. I've spoke about it before. One of my favorite books is The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker uh, and the subsequent book, Escape from, Escape from Evil, that it sort of discusses this need to believe as being almost part of our genetic construct, that we seek belief. We seek to be part of something bigger, to feel like we're part of a whole, to feel like uh, we're connected in that way. And I've always believed that, and something happened recently that made me believe it even more. You know I have cats, and recently I was away for a long time, and I came back, and my cats really didn't take back to me. They didn't come to me. They didn't. They were skittish about it. They didn't want to be part of me. It, it hurt my feelings. It took like a week for them to sort of get back on board. I'd been away for a while, 
And uh, it was really distracting to me. And it really, it, it actually hurt my feelings, as I said before. And I had to think it through. I mean, they're fairly simple animals. I think they're a little more complicated than most people give them credit for. I know a lot of people say they're stupid, but uh, and they are a series of habits and tics that are you know, programmed into them. But I, I tend to uh, invest a bit of mysticism into my cats, and I do believe they all have distinct personalities. But what happened when they didn't take to me, I, I, was, uh, I was upset, and I started thinking about it, about this idea that they're... You know, when you leave, okay, so when I go on a trip and I say goodbye to my cats, I say goodbye, Boomer, goodbye, Monkey, goodbye, La Fonda, I'll be back. They don't acknowledge or hear any of that, and I leave. And I have to imagine that they'll sweep on my bed for a couple of days, but come day three or four, in their mind, because they're animals, it must be basically, he's dead. He must be dead, he's not here, it's been a few days, he's dead. So on some level, they've gotten past it fairly quickly. I imagine the grieving process in a cat is not that that long, but they, on a biological level, they must assume that I'm dead. So when I come back, I have to imagine that on a biological level, they're like, what the fuck? Why the hell is that guy back? Is this a ghost? Is it an apparition? Is it a spirit? This is bullshit. He's dead. That guy is dead. I, I, I know. I felt it. And now he's back, and I've got to you know figure out you know, what the hell to do with this. And then they come around, they smell you, you're present and all this stuff. And, and they, they get back into it. I don't know how much recollection they have around that stuff, but it's ingrained in them. Okay. He smells like the guy that was here before false alarm. But then I come back this last time and they were right on it. They were there for me right away. And then I started to think that, look, that means that they have faith that they have the need to believe because they didn't go through all that insanity. That literally, I came back in, and they're like, God has returned. Uh, the Lord is back. We knew he would come back. So I think that that is religious thinking, or at least spiritual thinking, or at least some version of faith. My cats are very, very religious, and I am the man, the God that returned. But then, of course, you know, there's struggles. There's struggles. They, they don't always believe in a moment, even when I'm standing there. They don't always listen. But isn't that just like the lesser beings? And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about cats. I'm talking about beings less than a god. They're going to go through these struggles, and all you can be there, it, all you can do is be present for them and let them make their own decisions. I am benevolent. I love my cats. <laughs> a sleep machine you have a sleep machine because of your sleep apnea yeah and, and it's it, what is it it sort of hijacks your what happens is like your, what's it look like it's like a box the size of like a a, a toaster uh-huh and it has like a water thing and it like a like a humidifier and, and this tube about like an inch in diameter and it then it then it has like a, a mask a mask like you're you feel like you're in uh intensive care until you get used to it and then uh but it's so not welcoming to have anyone with you in bed because they can't really get so near you you're telling me that in post-coital bliss where you've just finished whatever it is that you've done yeah you get to say hold on let me put my machine on yeah i'll and talk to you in the morning yeah or you or you even say like this is this sucks but like i can't i can't have people stay because because I have to wear this thing, it's you know I could die. 
or else you could be like, you know, look, you know, I really like you. And have you had to do that where you're like, are you ready to take the next step with me? No, because girls that I, that I like, I, I just don't wear it. I'm, I just. You just I, let them you know, <laughs> deal with the horrible snoring? Yeah. I mean, they get used to it. My guest in the garage uh, here at the Cat Ranch is uh, Dave Hill, Mr. Dave Hill, a a, uh, a P.T. Barnum of sorts, a man <laughs> of many hats and many things. I, you, you know, I had to do some research on you because I've, I've, we've encountered each other over the years. You've approached yeah. me with microphones at different events. Yes. And you've, uh, I've gotten many uh, invitations to things that you do. And I literally was confronted this morning with, and I ran into you at a show in New York recently on the uh, Lower East Side, I believe. We did a show together. And then I was confronted this morning with the, 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 the question. I literally said, what the fuck does Dave Hill do? That's my question to myself uh-huh. every morning. You show up on NPR. You have, uh, you've in- ingratiated yourself with your talents into some very... Uh, Wonderfully artistic circles. Low, I've achieved low level success in a lot. What of kind areas. of lo- a low a low, <laughs> low level <laughs> success? No, I don't. I don't know if that's true. You seem to uh, you, like you seem to promote yourself very well in the sense that I get this idea that there's a kind of eighties, uh, maybe Anglo Englishy kind of rock sensibility to your branding, and then occasionally you wear other things. Yeah, and like have, now, yeah, and you have guitars around. Yeah. And you are on NPR occasionally? Yeah. Um, yeah, on This American Life, the popular well, we, program. It's a very popular program. And it seems that to me that, like, I feel, from my, my own experience with them, I've submitted to them before. And, and I think there's something about the way I sound that is, it, they're afraid that I might frighten their audience. It might. Well, that, I'd say that's probably accurate because if you listen, um, Almost everyone that succeeds on that program d- barely speaks. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I'm listening to you right now, and I'm like, I understand why Dave Hill is perfect because, like, even <laughs> right now, like I like to keep talking. I like to have a certain. I like when when the, my voice comes out of your earphones. I want it to go directly into your brain. I don't want it to go through the like the emotional center and then maybe tickle something with a brownie reference. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I I like to go right in. I, <laughs> Yeah, you gotta just gotta let it yeah. hang out there and, and just and sort, sort of, of like dang. swirl around. Yeah, yeah. Like Ira Glass where you're just hanging on like what word you actually have time when you're listening <laughs> to to his show to go, what word is he gonna say next? Yeah, or you can get up and go get a snack or something. Sure, in between words and you wonder what you missed, but then you realize that it's all gonna be very painful and then there might be some consolation at the end well there's always con- that's what keeps people coming back yeah it's bittersweet a yeah. lot of it it's like life is hard but there are little closures here and there that you should be appreciative of yeah so you did a show at UCB last night called uh, I did. They Love Me in Japan is that what it was called it should be called that but it's called Big in Japan oh Big in Japan's better yeah because that's sort of like a take on like uh, you know Cheap Trick Live at Budokan yeah exactly uh, perhaps uh, Bob Dylan's uh, uh, resurrection the second or third time in Japan well, yeah. Was, Are you big in Japan? Well, relative, musically speaking, relative to my uh, fame isn't the word, but popularity in America as a musician, I would say I'm my. I have a band called Valley Lodge, and it's all made up of guys that were in modestly successful like indie rock bands. Like who? Like what bands? Uh, John Kimbrough from a band called Walt Mink. If mm-hmm. you remember them. 
I would like to say, oh my God, yes, but I can't. They were like, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite bands. Um, but you know, like in the nineties, Caroline sure. Records, Atlantic, okay. Tour oh, I like Nirvana. Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Tour of Nirvana. And then you know, I played in a few bands, and uh, probably the most well known is Cobra Verde, an indie mm-hmm. rock offshoot. You were in that band? I was in that band for so a while. You, you come to comedy by way of rock and rock, roll. Yeah, by accident. How so? Well, I never, I mean, I always enjoyed comedy and stuff, but I, I always played in bands and, and I still do. And and then I was a writer, but I was afraid, I didn't have any confidence to be like, oh, I want to be a comedy writer and make jokes. I would write like for a newspaper and write, you know, a 1500 word article and only be concerned about whatever jokes I could slip in sure. to the piece. And I wouldn't care about anything else. Facts. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, if I pull off these three lines, yeah. it, I succeeded yeah. with what I wanted to do. And, um, and then with bands, I was afraid to even sing. And eventually I just got uh, tired of having to try to find people to sing. And I just started doing it. And then I enjoyed talking in between songs, like probably... Started to enjoy that more than playing the songs. Oh, yeah? And then even though, you know, my bandmates didn't, you know, they kind of wanted to play the songs. They were like, dude, turn it off. Let's go. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, what? The, the bass amp shorted out? Perfect. Yeah, let <laughs> me know. fill some time. <laughs> so so then I came to New York, like, for the weekend and, in 2003, and I, and I just didn't leave. And because I had gotten a job writing for a bad TV show. Which one was that? On Spike TV. It's called Crash Test. I don't even know what that is. No, you shouldn't know what it is. It was a a horrible show, but I made a lot of good friends who were great people on it. And it only aired twice. I know what Spike TV is a bit. But I see you on, you you wander around with a mic for a lot of different places. For, yeah, like HBO and Cinemax. And Comedy Central, right? I have, but not, not like... Because that's been my experience with Dave Hill. Like Dave Hill going, can I talk to you with yeah, the mic? Yeah, that's basically how I, that's how I barely survived. I've done a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. A, I mean, it's fun. I mean, that's how I started doing it, you know, just on my own. And then people were like, let's get that idiot right. to do it for and, us. And you make, uh, you make short videos as well. Which yeah. Which you can find at uh, Dave Hill Online. Online.com. But but let's let's talk about this Japan thing because I'm yeah. sort of fascinated with Japan. So, what uh, what were the ex- what were you, what were the experiences there? Were there Japanese groupies? Were there girls? Did you enjoy the food? I love the food. Yeah. Did you? What is this fascination with Japan you have? Why did you think you wanted so madly to go to Japan? Because um, it's just at least my perception of it was that it was uh, just sort of this inversion of America or something. Um, but like, but not like in a primitive way, just, and it, and it kind of is. And I mean, it's very American and, and they're obsessed with American stuff, but like, but just like the, 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 it's sort of a mix of, uh, like extreme, like commercialism, but then like this beauty and this history and, and, uh, everything's very uh, compact and streamlined and nice yeah, and, and everything comes in nice packaging. I just got a big box not too long ago from a guy who lives in Japan of yeah. goodies. Yeah, they, strange candies. Yeah, I mean, just right there alone, the candy, everything they like. You can go to Seven Eleven there at a store like that, and and just you feel like you're in an inve- in an, an invented world. Yeah, and in another can, planet, and you can eat like a king. You can. Yeah, and like the worst, and they have heated coffee in cans anywhere. Heated coffee in cans. Like you, you a vending machine, and um. You, a hot can of coffee comes out. That's something worth traveling for. It is. I mean, at first, like, 
it, I had like five a day the first few days, but then I couldn't figure out like what I figured it was probably a bad move. <laughs> so <laughs> I cut it down to like a couple and you, and they have beer vending machines, which was, um, I mean, part of the thing with the show is about like, then you've kind of, this thing happens that you would be your dream to happen when you're 22 or whatever. And then you're going and you know, we're going over there and like some of the guys are sober and stuff and, yeah. and it's just like, there's nothing, there's no one firing on all cylinders to really take advantage of the situation of because just you've, like you've all had time to reflect you're older and wiser and don't take the risks you once took yeah so it was like there was like there's only there was like everyone had like breaks to be put on at various points like there's no like full-on debauchery and not even with you I had no like partner in crime, you know. If I had a guy to go drinking with, he was married. If I had a guy to go to a massage parlor with, he was, you know, married. Uh, married. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I found well that with the drinking, I got around because you can drink in the street there, so that was fine. We we got to go sightseeing, and I got to have a few beers while we did it. It's important to to be able to drink wherever you need to drink. If you need to drink, yeah, that you, is important. Yeah, yeah. it's like but, this is great. I can drink in the street. I can drink at work. It's perfect. It's yeah, like, it's like Mad Men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then and but then then the thing like, I mean the massage thing. Like I, I'm sort of fascinated about both here and anywhere. Is that the, I, what the happy ending type of situation? Yeah, I mean I've never done that, and I I couldn't. I'm just not set up for that. What do you mean you're not set up? With, you don't have a penis? I do. I have fully functioning <laughs> genitalia, yeah. but but I just my uh, Catholic upbringing. Like there's too much. Like it, I would have to go like on a retreat or something if I got like a a finance tan job. Let's talk about the reason why you and I. Have never gone to a happy ending. Okay, and so you're you're with me on this. Maybe not for the same reasons, or the reason we haven't gone together. You're saying I'm actually dating a woman that does that for a living. And really? I, and I don't. Uh, yeah, which is a whole other ball of wax. Well, now, I admire not for you a living. For that. It's just it's just part of but it's her, part of her, her cash thing. flow. A little bit, but it's a little more dramatic than that. There's costumes involved. There's you know another woman there, and there's you oh know, okay. Uh, I think I know where this is. Yeah, no, I, I don't know where that. it's going, and quite frankly, no. But I, I I feel like I get a sense of her business model. Right there, she doesn't uh, you know have sex sex for money, but she does put on a show. <laughs> now, now the reason I've not gone to uh, a happy ending is um, I think that on some level. I'm afraid that I'll get in there and I'll and, and I'll be you know getting it and I won't be into it. I'm actually I'm afraid of disappointing Dis the happy ending lady. Oh, you never. Well, I would argue that they're all disappointed in the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, have, I could be wrong. I but. don't have any guilt or shame uh, uh, around it. I I just maybe maybe I'm just a little apprehensive that like what if it's not that good or like I don't I've always felt that. Uh, the whole paying for sex thing was just a little weird to me. You know, I, I, in the sense, I understand it and I understand why people do it. It's actually fairly responsible in a weird yeah. way. Because then you don't like you, you pay for the sex and you leave and you're gone and it's over and yeah, they're not going to call you back. Yeah, there's unless, not like unless it. you left something there. Yeah, and even then, probably, they probably not because they want to keep it. But yeah, well, my hang up with it is, um, I think I would probably go like, oh my gosh, this poor girl, and I would like try to oh. re like rescue her and like, oh. why do you have to do this? 
I had a thing um, uh, where I met this. Uh, or this is goes back a couple years, but um, like you know, on MySpace, there's like my like Tila Tequila MySpace hoes yeah. kind of women, right? Who that they that's kind of their that's mm-hmm. their business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this girl who she was like really hot, and uh, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna add her as my MySpace friend. Yeah. Um, why not? Yeah, why not? Just hit a button. Yeah, and not. And so, and then I looked up photos of her, and there's a lot of naked pictures of her on the internet. And I'm like, wow, this this, this is, is a good friend. Yeah, this has worked out great good for me. Good friend to have. <laughs> and um, so, but I'm thinking like she's you know she's not even aware that I MySpace friended her. But then she writes on my uh, mess whatever wall or whatever or whatever. MySpace thing is, and at the time I had just met Stephen Colbert, and I, my, that was my photo of me with Colbert. And so she's like, "Oh, that's a great photo of you with Colbert." And I'm like, "Oh, I can't believe the MySpace hot girl wrote." Then I'm like, "Oh, thank you." And then she's like, "I really like your Fashion Week video." And I'm like, "I can't believe she's." And then I went back to her page, and she had my, the, you know, one of my Man on the Street videos like embedded into her thing. Uh-huh. And then in the Who I'd Like to Meet thing. It said me. Oh, and shit. And I'm thinking, there's some, this is a horrible prank someone's yeah. playing on me. I've had that and experience, then, yeah. And then then she writes and she's like, hey, like, I, I would like to meet you. Like, like, uh, you know, like, I'm going to be in New York. Are you performing or what? You know? So I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, come to the show or whatever. And then, uh, and then, so she ends up not coming to the show. And then it's like, I'd really like to meet you. You hurt your feelings? Were you waiting for her? I was. I and she just no. didn't show up. No, because I no. I think no. I, I handled it all right. I was distracted enough. But did you know that she wasn't going to come, or she just stands you up? I, I wasn't the, the sort of thing where I was sitting standing there waiting for her. It was sort of like Let's be honest with me, Dave. No, it, <laughs> it was just like, hey, I'm performing. If you want to come, yeah. And but you know hi. in your heart that this hot girl that I you're desperately, like, you think... desperately wanted her to be there. You did it, right? I walked home in the rain. Um, did you alone? Did you no. It wasn't this, that bad. Yeah, but see, I think given between what I've wanted her to show up versus what happened to her not showing up, yeah, I would preferred. It would have been nice to meet her, but this is what happened. Okay. So she writes, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry I didn't make it. Like, I'd like to meet you." But then I'm thinking, like, I don't. I want to like just meet up with someone, even if they're a hot, naked internet girl. And then, but then I'm thinking, oh, I should probably meet this girl. Yeah, live on the edge. You're a rock star. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, so we met and had lunch. And um, we met at uh, right by my house. And uh, and we're sitting there talking. And so she's like, ends up being like actually really well versed in my stuff my comedy stuff like you know quoting it in other words obsessed maybe a little stalker no not not quite uh though that since happened and i'm excited about that okay we'll talk about another story so okay so now you're Um, with someone like that it was not tila tequila no but someone who was aspiring to that was her business model maybe i think so you just had lunch you're by your house um and and she's like oh she's like quoting you know things that I've said and you know and you're like this is perfect um well, I'm just like this is so like this because on the way over there I'm thinking like I'm thinking this is a prank yeah or this is who is going to be there waiting for lunch and I'm excited either way because I'm thinking this is a really good prank yeah and I respect whoever's pulling this off right is really good yeah so I'm I'm like I can't lose with yeah. this one yeah. even if I look like an idiot. 
Um, Which could happen in both fun. scenarios. Well, yeah, well, it kind of does in a way. Or it's, I guess it's up to you to decide, or whoever, to decide. Well, anyway, we're talking, and she's like, you know, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, wow, she actually, like, knows my stuff. And so I'm like, how about you? I, uh, I, I, you have the website, of course. <laughs> and and uh, she's like, yeah. And uh, she's like, but I'm trying to get into more, like, um, just modeling stuff, you know, that the... Sure, legit. Yeah, uh-huh. she's like the, the full, you know, I was young when I did that fully naked stuff. Yeah, that, that always helps that. The, in the modeling careers when you have an uh, an extensive uh, portfolio of nude pictures online. Yeah. yeah she, the, but the, the jump to legitimate modeling always happens from there. To her credit, though, she acknowledged it. She's like, you know, I made some mistakes and it, it might hurt, mm-hmm. might hurt things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... So I'm like, so what is that? What you're doing in New York? Or she lives out here somewhere in in uh, California, and uh, so she's like, oh, I'm just here. There's another job I do. I'm just out here doing that. And uh, so I was, I was like, oh, what? You know, I had a feeling about it, and uh, I was like, what? What's that? And she just kind of glossed, didn't answer, and kept then started talking about other things. And then so I'm like, I, I think I gotta go back to this. What the other job is? <laughs> so yeah. So what? What's the other job again? And uh, you said it like that. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, like, you know, like a businessman needs, like, someone to have lunch with uh-huh. or dinner with yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I uh, work for a service, uh-huh. and, and I'll meet them, and, and I'll, you know, I'll go to an event with them or just uh-huh. whatever, and and it, like, pays really well. And uh-huh. I'm like, really? Like, what What does that sort of thing pay? She's like, eh, like $4,000. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Just for lunch? That's what I said. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was trying to. Uh, Did you, you, by, be, you're you're trying to say, do you fuck for money? Well, I was trying to say, I try. I was trying to ask as if I thought that couldn't possibly be what's happening. So I said, "Wow, that's the best job ever!" Like I think sometimes I'm I'm well paid for what I do. You know, if I make a quick chunk of money for a short amount of time, and uh, and uh, and I'm like, "Wow, you have lunch with someone for four grand? That's the best job I've ever heard of." And then, to her credit, she's like, well, you know, sometimes it gets sexual, but only if, you know, only I decide if it's going to get sexual. Mm-hmm. And then, so... And she decides whether she wants to make the full $4,000. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and, you know, we're, we're at, uh, yeah. or I'll just, we're at, you know, Corner Bistro in New York. Very, oh, I'm very, not sure you should have dropped that name. What? What's that? I'm kidding. <laughs> You're actually well, apprehensive about dropping the name of the restaurant, not the girl. I just, I just didn't know. I didn't want to drop the name of where, where I lunch with prostitutes. Okay. Um. <laughs> but uh, but no, but just to vis- if you can, anyone who's been there can visualize the tables are very Outside, close. Yeah, and so I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, people can totally hear what we're talking about, and anyone that can hear us thinks that I arranged to meet a prostitute for lunch mm-hmm. if they're listening to this conversation. And then it hits me. I'm like, wait a minute, I did arrange to meet a prostitute <laughs> for lunch, yeah. and um, I'm like, th- and then I'm I had this like brief like. And then I'm like, oh my god! Like now she, this is she's gonna like try to proposition me or something. But then um, she didn't. She just started talking about comedy and was like really into comedy, and that was it. And so did she do this? Like, do you know uh, Stephen Colbert? Do you know him? Ah, uh, do you know Zach Galifianakis? I can't remember if she did that. She might have done that with Colbert specifically because he came up uh, from the photo. Right. So what? So what ultimately happened? It just, she talked about comedy and like was talked about how she and her brother like to watch my videos online and, and, uh, and then we went her, our separate ways and, uh, and I walked home and I was like, 
I just had lunch with a prostitute. I just had a $4,000 lunch for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. I don't, I don't feel like I got the full treatment, though. No, I mean, that's the thing. As these things go, I was a bit like, you know, the, the, I sat the whole time being like, God, oh, God, please don't let me be propositioned. That, that, I, I, don't let this happen. But then when I was walking home, I was like, why didn't she pro My feelings were hurt. Sure. I was like, why didn't she proposition you me? The, what, am I not good enough to no, be? You were the nice boy. Yeah. You, you were her uh, you're her island of normalcy. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, so, and 99% of me is glad, but then there's that part that's not. That's right. Like, so the 99% of you is glad and the 1% is is, uh, is not. So, but, so you're primarily uh, concerned that you can't help but see them as, as victims somehow and that they're in a compromising position that yeah. in your mind they don't want to be in and and you feel like you need to help them. Yeah. Oh, and now I remember why I brought that that long story up was because of, I felt I had to do due diligence to encourage her to make money and in other ways. <laughs> but I was telling, because she was saying she wanted to get like DVDs of her dancing around and stuff. And yeah. so I was like, that's where I think you should focus. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, because I was like, I'm not going to get her to like sign up with a temp agency or something. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm like, of the things she does, like. Is $4,000 really worth the compromise <laughs> that you make with yourself? It pro probably is, of course actually. It is. Yeah, I, I We got to so. get you over this guilt thing. I mean, what do we got to do? I mean, I think this is what the obstacle is the, uh, to your uh, your tremendous success is that... I think you're right. You're, you're heavy-hearted. You're carrying a lot of uh, shame, and you're projecting a lot of things onto other people, and you feel and, like... And then, and then it ricochets back on me. Yeah, because you just leave yourself open. You're, you yeah. know, you're, you're just too vulnerable. You're, 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 you're a candidate for doormatism. I know. Oh my god! But still, then there's the flip side of me where I'm kind of just a, a major a hole. Like, how does that manifest itself? Give me an experience of that. Do you do you does your tone of voice change? At no, all? I'll probably like ask for a bottle of Pellegrino for the road or something. Oh, that's it. And just be like, I'm fucking taking this. I, I don't see any. <laughs> that's not going to make me cry. No, I won't. I won't even do that to you. That that would make me go, holy shit. He'll just fucking turn crazy at the end. Yeah, like he just started He's looting like, my place. Do I get to have this guitar that you <laughs> let me play? I think I do like it. <laughs> well, that's what I do. I'll probably like run a finger over it, see if there's any dust on it. And then I'll be like, wow, you probably don't play this one too much. Oh, yeah. You don't really need this guitar, do you? No. So, do you want to tell a story? About what? I don't know. Something exciting. I can't remember. I remember the story. I'm trying to remember the story I saw you tell in that room. There's something about shit. Yeah. Oh, I. you know, I think I know what I talked. Oh, I know. I know that. That show was horrible. I know exactly the show we were talking about. That show was awful. But, you know, and, and, and I don't want to... The, the you venue have to mention it. Yeah, it's that a difficult it was, venue. It's, it's, it's like a Bermuda Triangle of just... Like, I've done shows there where the entire bill... Was uh, it, wouldn't you talk about poo? I think I did. I think I did. Which well, is not my... That's not normally what I... That's not NPR. Traffic in. Well, you don't know, traffic in poo? Not that much. Not many people do anymore. I've just been... I've sort of broken the barrier a little bit where I've talked publicly about, about gas. Really? How, yeah, how did that go? Well, I'm not proud of it. No, it's just about having a housemate and... and uh, Wait, that guy lives here? No, the woman who you didn't know. Oh. Meet. There's a woman in there now. Ooh. There's a party going on in the house right now. That All we're right. Missing. Yeah. You want to bring the guitar in? Yeah. 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 Here, Start man. rocking. It's, no, it's just about, you know, you know, holding gas in. Oh, yeah. You know, out of fear. And you know, my idea is I think in a, in, a, in, a, in a better world, we would feel free to just do that. It happens. And, you know, we wouldn't have that discomfort. 
But I think that if I'm hung up about anything, it's it's gas. But then in your sleep, you probably are just doing letting it up. just letting them go, going nuts. Yeah, I think I'm I'm so deeply weird about it that I may even hold them in. Oh, sleep. really? No, I'm not that weird about it. Like if like once you the basically the conversation is about the barrier crossing the fart barrier with her. Well, I don't think you want. She finds it hilarious. Oh, so she thinks it's funny when you do it. No, I haven't done it yet. When does when like she you just does say, it? You just say fart, and she's like, oh, she's hysterical. Oh, so you probably you like? I could probably kill. Yeah, if I, if why I timed not? Them right. But then, then she might turn around and be like, "Oh, let, I'm going to get in on this," and you don't want that. <laughs> I because I had that happen to me, and I I didn't I wasn't into it. I was <laughs> like, "This is again? not this is, a thing I want to uh, be going on in a relationship." Yeah, the fart contest. Yeah, I, I don't not well, I'm not looking for this level of comfort. That that type of intimacy. No. So you've gotten to a certain point with a girl where you're like, it's going to happen, and you let it happen, and she was like, "Wow." No, no, no. She did it. This is a long time ago. She did it. Like, sat. I hear like I want to sit on your lap. Like this is a a joke, a joke right? And she farted, and I was just completely. I couldn't process what just happened. <laughs> like, and fortunately, she was she was attractive enough that I was like, you know what, that's not going to really ruin anything. But uh, it kind of did. N- no, I mean, like it, it made the next like five or ten minutes. I just had to like kind of work through yeah, it. I got to take a walk, man. But I don't. I just certain any you know, I you know maybe this goes back to the Catholic, not Catholic thing, but I like you know, I just come you know my family and stuff like we didn't grew up we didn't even hug you know right so i don't to you know just any like just comfort of physical comfort on right. in any way like to the, the leap to like sitting down on someone farting is like just sitting down on someone seems like a yeah that's extreme <laughs> no don't do that and then farting it yeah so you re- literally your mind blew yeah yeah li- i oh, just yeah. could not no hugging in the uh in the uh, hill household no, it's only very recently been catching on, and I think it's just because, uh, because we've had we've made friends with people that hug, and we kind of are like kind of <laughs> can kind of hug, but it's we, like we, like there's an extreme discomfort in it. You know, it's more of like a padding, like invasion of personal space, and just sort of this is with mom and dad. Um, no, I mean my parents. No, almost never hugging. Who are you talking about? My siblings now. We uh, Oh, you we, do a little hugging? We get just like mm, dancing around it, trying it out. Yeah. Like, hey, okay, here we go. Yeah, and just sort of like, but, you know, with my friends and stuff, it's like full yeah. cutting off of oxygen, like full on hugs. Do you like, do, when, do when that, that well, okay. So I mean, what, my siblings and I don't. But when someone does that to you, do you sort of leave your body like an abuse victim? No, I don't know. I'm comfortable with it with other people. But not the family. Not the family. I don't know why. My brother was a big hugger to the point where I'm the guy that's sort of like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't mind it, but it's like when it gets too close... You're sort of like, what? Well, what happens now? I mean, our, you know, I mean, where's this going? Which is not something you want to feel with your brother. Yeah, yeah. Or with what, your mom. Yeah, because the, the the thing is, like, uh, with other hugging, like, you know, you think, well, with women, you think like, there's a chance this might might transition and full on just making out. Yeah, I've made that mistake before when a hug was too deep to sort of push my hips in. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> That, but there's only one way to find out, though. Yeah, and that's usually like, what are you doing, is what I got once. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what happened. 
And sometimes it just happens. He says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm then sorry. you I run off shamed. the yeah. other side of the parking lot. And I'd scream at my genitals. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How often are you on This American Life? Uh, I've been on a bit lately. I mean, I've been on maybe like four or five times in the last year, but just I doing just stories? Started. Yeah. Like what stories did you do? Did you do the massage story? No. Did well, you do I the just... story about going on a date with the prostitute? No, I talked about, uh, I just talked about my mom. Did uh, you do this story that we don't hug? Uh, did, I don't know if that was in there. See, I got a lot of good shit then. You got, no, I think I've all, I've given you all exclusive. Right, but they're, they're just pieces and you're probably going to chunks you know, and, and gonna, spin them off into in book this deals. American life thing. <laughs> do you have a book deal? No, I want one. Well, I don't know why I don't. Like, Everyone I don't, does, you, right? You seem to have a lot of pictures of you. And you seem to, in different settings, and you seem to have a lot of videos of yourself, and you seem to be showing up places, and John Hodgman is your friend. I think that it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Well, pictures, like, um, maybe, I I don't seek that out, though. I don't, no, I know. They come, I, I they come you know how it is. I don't, so what, what kind of stories do you tell about your family on This American Life? Well, I just told about um, my mother uh, setting me up to go uh, to an, a fundraiser, for clergy, uh, nuns and priests, um, mm. and uh, and tricking me and a priest into going together with her to this thing because the, the theme of the show was parent trap, and oh. it was like a literal. The, my story was a literal. My mom trapped me and this priest into going, um, and, and so it was about that sort of our. I want you to do a this American Life type of story right now. Yeah, I can do that. Okay, what do you got? Um. Well, not, you, not one that's been on there. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an exclusive. I want an exclusive I went, This American Lifestyle story. All right. I went to... Uh, have I talked to you about this? Because I, I, I've talked about it not public, not on any... We've, we've never had a conversation, Dave. I know. We said hello and stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it went well. Yeah, no, it's always been good. We, I, yeah, and Aspen once, you stuck a microphone in my face, and I don't remember what it was. I know, I remember. I remember that, and I remember feeling so dumb about it because... The questions were like these dumb pop culture questions that I didn't write and I hated, and that's not my thing. And I was so embarrassed because. Are you starting the story now? No, this is like oh, this is a freebie. A separate story. Okay. No, but I remember feeling so like, oh my god, Mark Marin must think I'm just such a douche for asking him what I just asked him. I had a mixture of feelings. I I thought like I I know what it's like to be that guy with the microphone, and and this guy's kind of a douchey. Yeah, you should. That's what you but should I, have But there was sympathy away. there. No, you should, so that's was, what it should have been your takeaway. The sympathy for you canceled out my feelings that you were douchey. But, and I, but I didn't know you well enough to... And, and, and you didn't I, know me well enough to go, dude, I don't want to be doing this. just a paycheck. I yeah, kind of knew that. Though. Yeah. All right, so now, okay, do, should I introduce it like Ira Glass? Yeah. I don't really do an Ira Glass impression, but I'll try to be really precious. Well, you know, Dave Hill... Um, that's who's pretty a good. ...frequent contributor to our show... Um, so many of us experience these things, and uh, Dave Hill had a very specific experience. Okay, that's not bad. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, you know. It's my version. I don't know what he sounds like, really. I can't remember. You should listen. It's a really good show. I like the show. I'm not show. judging the show. I'm just upset that they don't have me on it, and I've submitted I don't several know. times. I, to be, I submitted a lot before I ever got on it. All right, I'll keep submitting. I don't know why. And I see you're on a show with my buddy Sam Lipsight in New York. Oh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Um. Oh, I went to prison. No, that's the story. Okay, I I shouldn't interrupt because Ira doesn't do that. Many um, of us. I'll, I'll set it up differently. The thought of being in prison is frightening to all of us, 
And certainly to be in prison where you're not supposed to be in prison is probably the most frightening thing at all. That's not bad. Got okay. It. Oh, I went to, um, uh, last summer, this past summer, I went to, uh, well, I had this idea that, that I was, you know, just joking around thinking the worst place for me to do comedy, like me specifically, like, cause I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of crowd work. I'm not like very like, uh, likable. Um, no, but like, uh, just think like where it would go really badly. And, and, uh, I thought like prison is probably the worst yeah. place for me and for most people. So I then, um, and, and so I, I called Sing Sing cause it was, the clo- you know, I wanted it to be like maximum security cause I was like, if I'm going to do it, I should do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I called Sing Sing and, and like I set up the show and like, I thought like, Oh, this is really funny. This is such a horrible, horrible idea. And it was just fun to talk about with my friends. And then, you know, about a week before the show, I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is an awful idea. Like, this is like a, a horrible prank I'm playing on myself. Like, this is going to go awfully, and this is not going to be fun for me. I'm not going to walk out of here. Like, because I thought like, oh, if it goes well, that's great. And if it goes badly, that might be even better. Like, yeah, and, have uh, a good story. Yeah. But then I didn't, about a week beforehand, I was like, no, I, that, I, I don't want to do this at all. This is horrible. And so I was about to go to my computer and email and cancel. And uh, and the administrator person was like, hey, we're just checking. I, she ended up beating me to the punch. and was like, hey, we're just checking, you know, to see if uh, if you're all still all set for next week. Like, the inmates are really excited. Like, we can't wait. That's and something that you love hearing. The yeah. inmates are excited. <laughs> and, like, you know, because up to it, I, like, up until about a week before, and I was just, like, laughing. I, like, put it on my MySpace page because I thought that would be really funny. And they contacted me and were like, hey, why do you have this on your MySpace page? You're like, you know, people can't just come to this show. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. I just wanted to have it on my page, you know. But, uh, and they're like, all right. And uh, and so, so I was like, oh, shit, like, I, I guess I got to go now. Like, they're expecting me. And, um, and like, I had sent a, a, a photo. They wanted to make a flyer to hang around the prison. And I intentionally sent like literally the gayest looking photo I had of myself because I thought that Good would thinking. be that would be really funny yeah. to have like this photo of me around prison. So I was like, oh my God. Like and so so I was like, oh, all right, well like what um you know, I kinda want it to go well. I think I know what to expect a little bit, but what can you give me some information? And she's like, Yeah, like so far about two hundred and fifty inmates have signed up to attend your show. They're all maximum security violent felons. And they really like jokes about being in jail. And their favorite comedians are like the Wayans Brothers, Cedric the Entertainer, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, not basically not uh, stuff. Black comics. Black comics, basically. And uh, and she's like, they will no doubt be your toughest crowd. And she put that in quotes. Nice. And then put a smiley face emoticon, like, Mm -hmm. just like, fuck with me or something. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, man. And and I was just like really dreading this, and uh, I'm dreading it. <laughs> and I'm sitting here listening. Are you to dreading it. the story? No, I'm dreading. Yeah, I'm I'm not dreading the story, but I'm like <laughs> I've been in a situation where you know you have a, a gig sitting out there on the books where you're like, oh no. <laughs> like even when you're having a happy thought during the day, you're like, today's not so bad. I've got to go do that show. Yeah, that's how I felt because right. it was like I don't want to think about it all at all. And but then I'm like, this is all I can think about. Right. Like it was just horrible and uh so and and i 
I had never done this before, like really written a set specifically for an audience. Mm-hmm. Just kind of usually just go out and, and do my thing and hope people like it. And uh, But this, I was like, I, I'm going to make an exception. You're actually going to do your job. Yeah. You prepare. <laughs> well, like, right. I don't like write jokes like, hey, like, what's, you know, yeah. what? I, I I read up on prison and uh-huh. learned some lingo and yeah. I wrote like a 15 minute stand up set all based on, on like prison uh-huh. jokes and stuff. And, um, and so we go anyway, so we go down there and, um, and I ended up bringing Laura Kraft. Uh, do you know Laura? I uh, do. She, uh, so she comes with me and Carl Arnheider came out with me and my friend Clark Caldwell and we came, so it's like people wanted to go and <laughs> and be on the show. You. Well, I wasn't sure. Cause like the, at first I was like, no, nah, I, I, I didn't, I just, I got myself into this mess. Like you can watch it happen. They let you bring people. Yeah. They're okay. like, I had, they, we had to clear them in advance and everything. But, um, but then I was like, no, like, uh, you know, you guys should perform on the show. I just, I wanted them to perform, but I didn't want to like, I kind of wanted to be like, I wanted to take the bullet fully. So you get there, you got to go through security. I've done shows at prisons. Before. Oh, okay. So, you know, they take, uh, I did a woman's prison years ago. Um, they take you know, check all your shit. And yeah, you, you can't bring anything. And they like you feel the gates behind you close. Yeah, and, and you go into a room, and there's what 250 black guys there. There's like men being like 300, mostly black dudes. Yeah, I mean, mostly black, like full range, but mostly black. And you go up to start the show, and I go up there, and well, this is what I did. I going back to guitar. I brought, um, I brought my guitar and a little amp, and I hooked it up through the PA, and. I, uh, cause I, I figured I wanted to do something to, I wanted them to respect me right away before I said a word. So I came out and just shanked somebody with guns blazing. <laughs> well, I, I just, like, <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah. that, that was like, yeah, I, that was like one of the jokes I told is just like about hearing, like, I'm like, I heard like you, you, you're a good thing to do in prison is like, just beat the shit out of somebody as soon as you get there. So everyone respects you. Like. I'm like, so as soon as I pulled in here today, I like punched my friend Carl in the face. They got a big kick out of that. Oh, they did. They were like, you know, I just. They're they, very happy you're there, yeah, dude. They, but, uh, you know, it's not the greatest joke, but it, it really, they were thrilled. Because yeah, they were like, they were like, this is the biggest pussy we've ever seen. We've seen in 20 years. But they're also grateful that you made the effort to come entertain them. I think. These are well, people that have been thrown away I and think, locked up. I think they were, but, but I. I found this out after the show. My friend Carl was in the back, and a guard came over to him because on the way in, they they had warned us. There's like, look, if anything happens, the su- superintendent, what they they use now, they call the warden the superintendent. Sure. Um, so um, they're like, he told me to tell you that we're not helping you out, we're not bailing you out. You're on your own. Whatever happens, and I'm like, whatever happens, like if I get attacked, you're not. And they're like, yeah, but you're not. Don't worry, you're not going to get. You mean attacked. crowd control? Yeah, they're like, we're not. We're not calming them down. We're not, you know, if they heckle you, like basically, like right. you, you, this is your. It's like the antithesis of a of a good comedy club. <laughs> yeah, the, like look, if they come at you, if they start heckling you, you got to do it on your own. <laughs> yeah, we don't stop the crowd. We're trying to sell drinks here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, what they were saying is basically, we're not going to get involved because we don't want it to become something that it doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, and um. And then apparently before the show, a guard comes over to Carl and is like, hey, uh, just to give you the heads up, these guys can be really harsh. <laughs> I'm clear. Historically, you know, they're Prisoners. very irritable people. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, so, so he's like, you know, they, because what I found out is they, they, 
they can't leave until the show's over. So they end shows so they can leave. Then they had never had a comedy show there before, apparently, but they have plays and this and that. And, and they'll just disrupt it to the point so where... they can go back to doing something else. To working out. Yeah. yeah. To doing Beating push-ups. up on people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he goes to car. He's like, you know, he better come on like really strong because if, if they're not into it, he's going to know right away. And so I came out and just started playing guitar solos, like heavy metal guitar solos, really loud. Yeah. And like, kind of like it was like a, a cart, like at an uh, arena rock concert. Right. And I was sort of like baiting them to clap for me and stuff. And Carl said the guard walked over to him and he's like, "He's got him." He's like, "I know these guys; they like him." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like he he's he's got him already. Yeah. So I did that, and then I told like my fifteen minutes of prison jokes, most yeah. of which were all like based on like whether or not I would how you be in w- whether I'd be a prison bitch, and they were you know they. They, they loved it. They loved it. Yeah. So, and it was about like, you know, like, you know, just kind of hacky. Like, you know, I had my first cavity search today, yeah. you know, and like blah, blah, blah. And there's a thing called a Fifi, which is an artificial pussy they make out of like, uh, you know, you can make it out of garbage bag or a rubber glove, rubber yeah. bands, fairly elaborate. Yeah. Um, that they put on men? They, no, they make it them. It's like a thing you make and to keep fuck. under your pillow yeah. or whatever. And before before the show, I was able to hang out with a, a few inmates, and I I was like, in you know, like I asked them for lingo that I could use, to like kind of pepper my set uh-huh. with, and that and I threw it in there, and like the inmates love that. And then I, then I was like, guys, you something? Um, is there a thing called a fifi? Is that like a thing? And they're like, what the fuck did you just say? And I'm, and I was like, oh. And and the, and I was like, Fifi, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they're like, they're like, yeah, like, but how the fuck do you know that? And the, and I was like, it's on the internet. And the guy's like, what, you guys get over here. You're not gonna believe what he just said. <laughs> and and uh, they're like, what what? And it's like he said that the Fifi. He's asking me about a Fifi, and he says it's all on the internet. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And uh, so they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, if I talk about that, will will these guys think it's funny? And they're like, oh my god, they'll love that. So I talked about that. You know, I talked about that stuff a lot. And and. Uh, and I had like a real like sort of Mel Brooks like high anxiety kind of moment where where you know I, I thought because don't you think you know guys in prison for twenty thirty years or forever I, you know what like what what's entertaining to them like in terms of what would they do to me that they would find entertaining like stabbing me or whatever so I was talking to these guys and uh, and and someone called me from behind I turned I'm like oh what and then I turned back and two of the guys were standing there with pens out and I was like oh my, oh my god this is it <laughs> and then they were like hey would you sign this and <laughs> but it was like I truly had that like oh oh my god oh my god yeah and then I felt like a jackass yeah um but anyway so I'm out there like telling telling these prison jokes and then Carl comes out and he he had worked up a bit like specifically for them about like working out and yeah. stuff and, it, and you know they loved it and then Laura came out and she's like, you know, looking beautiful in a red dress and everything. And it was like, and she was doing fine. And, uh, but I think she had the feeling of like, you know, in the Bugs Bunny cartoons where one of the characters turns into like yeah, a turkey meat. drumstick. Yeah, 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 yeah. She had that times like 300 and she yeah. sort of bailed out like a uh, mid set. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought she was kidding. Like she kept like calling me and I thought it was part of her thing. And then off mic, she's like, I, I want to get out of here right now. I want to get, I want to go home. Oh I, boy. I know I can't go home, but I'm getting off stage. And I was like, Laura craft everybody. And, and this is the, my favorite thing that happened in prison. She, she goes, they had to sign a guard to us 
did to make sure no one did anything prisony or to us and uh and so she's over there and like and i'm watching her and she's like clearly she's not crying but she's clearly very very shaken up so the guard comes over to her and and says like hey are you all right and she's like yeah i just got a little scared and and the guard's like you know why you got scared don't you and she's expecting like some insight into yeah. the human psyche or something. And she's like, why? Why did I get scared? And the guy's like, the, those guys are all murderers and rapists. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't, I don't know why you came here today. It's like, I would never let my, my daughter or my wife in here in a million years. <laughs> like, what were you thinking? And uh, so anyway, I, Laura didn't think that was very funny, but I, that was, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but you got out and you entertained the uh, the the criminal element. Yeah, no, I came back on and I I had a blast. I mean, I got a standing ovation, and we walked out like through the cell blocks, and they were all like screaming Dave, Dave, and like Holy clapping. Shit. And we got outside, and they were all like hanging out the bars. Like, yeah, it was like the end of Shawshank Redemption or something. Oh, that's a and it was story. and Laura was like like what because like, I was just basking and I yeah. was like taking all this. These are time. my people. Yeah, yeah, and um. And like the one of the guards was like, like uh, you, these guys really respect you. Like if they say anything to you, like they, they just usually ignore people when they walk out of here. Like you, you've made friends here today. Thank God. So I was really psyched. But the weird thing, maybe someone will look you up on the internet. After uh, yeah, they get I, out. Hope, I hope so. But now this is the this is the the this American life part of it that maybe. Uh, uh, but at, this is where it got weird. This is the twist. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. Um, was afterwards I noticed like in the coming days afterwards I noticed like my anxiety level like had dropped significantly not like because I thought like I was a badass all of a sudden or like I had done a good deed or something I think I just like like my build up of, of being so freaked out to do this and then having like a really great time, it like I like busted a gasket or something. No, it's called uh, it's called growth and overcoming fear and and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I it's all the right. good things. Oh, yeah, well. well, yeah, because when you get into a prison, you realize that even though the guards are there, there's a frenetic electricity towards the dynamic in there because there's all sorts of hierarchies, there's all sorts of weirdness, things go on in there that you can never fucking imagine. And you're in it, and you're visiting it, but there's no way to even explain that weird electric almost. Uh, it there's a there's a uh, not a brutality to it, but I literally felt like there was a chaos. That, yeah, that, that you were just there. You were only one twist away, one beat away from something chaotic and violent happening. Yeah, in prison, and you can feel it hanging there. Yeah, and it's and it's, you know. I've since like read about there was a book a, a guard wrote about Sing Sing and stuff, but they're like they're not. I mean, I'm, and I'm guessing most prisons are not set up like the the numbers of it, and they the the guards don't have guns. Sure. Like if shit went down, like shit is going to yeah. go down. And um, I mean, there's all these, there's just no way like and that that if if they really wanted to do something that you would that would really bum you out, <laughs> they yeah. could do it. And the um, only thing that's between that happening and and not happening is the fact that they will never get out. Yeah. And and you know if that breaks down. Yeah. Or if powerful personalities prevail. Then yeah. Yeah. You've got a real shitstorm on your hands. But uh, it was uh, but the cool. Oh, I have the flyer. I end up fl- framing the flyer because they gave it to me, and uh, and it just looks like a flyer for 
for you know a comedy show and uh but then you know but it says comedy night at sing sing and then there's this special like section that is uh says like uh, must have one year clean disciplinary to attend and like see this guy to like get clearance wow. so it's it was pretty awesome that's a great memento and a great story i actually have more respect for you now thank you okay so in retrospect, you know, after doing the prison and thinking back on it, I mean, you're a guy that is a fairly um, you're you're insulated in the sense that you do you know primarily alternative comedy rooms and uh, like UCB and whatnot. So, in looking back on it, you know, the choices you made. I mean, in your show, did you did you did you do like a UCB set? Did you did you have other elements? You did the guitar, you said, but did, yeah. you, did you show videos and stuff? And, I did. Well, very, I want to talk about the videos, but very yeah. very quickly, I'll preface it by saying, to, to the, uh, despite it being uh, pretty, as far from UCB or whatever as it could be, like, I, you know, I did the initial 15 minutes or so set that was just all about prison. And yeah. then I did all stuff that I would do at UCB or whatever. And these guys were fully on board. Uh-huh. Like there was not, it wasn't like they were, I think if I had started doing just what I would do at UCB or anywhere. No, you uh, did the professional thing. You said, how am I going to make this work? And, you know, yeah. cause you know, you have enough confidence in your comedy style to know that it works, but you, you, you knew you had to somehow link in with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I that did. worked. Was there stuff that you did, didn't do that you would have done? Yes. I, I, uh, I brought some videos to yeah. show and I, I thought, I thought, perfect. I ha- already have a, the, a, the the best possible video I could show to these guys. I can't. This is working out great. I had bought um, on a drunken walk home. I I went into Kim's video one night uh, and bought this video uh, called Bear Behind Bars. Yeah, it's a Brazilian women's prison movie, and uh, and I bought it uh, thinking. Uh, that I could make a, a comedy video with it, uh, inserting myself into it somehow. But I also was like, this is my excuse to buy a women's prison movie. And, and, and that's why I'll tell people I have it. And, uh, so, uh, and I guess that goes back to the guilt thing <laughs> from before. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, so the video is, is I had edited my, there's a scene out in the yard in the prison, the girls get into a fight and someone's get shanked and the guards run out and they hose down all the women and of course they're you know these women in this prison are only wearing like this just this dress with no underwear yeah it's splashing open they're just in they can't for the life of them get out of the way of the hose you know it just keeps hitting them so i added myself in uh, as one of the guards running out and hosing down this women these women um and it's just a quick gag that you know right generally gets a laugh uh and so i was like well they these guys are really gonna love it and uh so uh my friend clark caldwell was running like the tech stuff at the show and he was testing out the videos and this video comes on but you know before the inmates were let right, in, it was just right. administrators yeah. and and the, this woman who works at the prison come, calls comes over and she's like what the f- what the fuck is that? Like, are you, you're not going to show that here, are you? And like, I, I knew the answer was like, Oh no, no, no. Um, I was, I was just like, no, no, I, that, that, that video has just happened to be on the same DVD. I don't, I don't even know why he, yeah. he was just testing out the DVD player right, and right. that just came on. But yeah. no, no, I'm like, I'm not crazy. I would never show that. And, and then she's like, yeah, cause you, you, you know, you can't show like it, like half naked women to these guys. Like they do not see women ever. And like they'll like she's like I'll give it to you. That's a funny video, and they they would think that's very funny. 
but she's like the the aftermath would would just be horrible like they will create this energy that we are going to have to deal with that we just do not need so that's interesting so um laura did experience it yeah yeah that that was legitimate that her fear was tangible it wasn't like her making something up that it was part of that electricity that I talked about. No. I mean, you know, she, when she, Grant, they were like, you know, heckling a little bit, but they didn't do anything that you would, that would not happen. But as in I said before, club. right. But the yeah. electricity in the air of like well, was, yeah. the possibility for things to break apart, for it, for immorality and violence to reign is there. That's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you, you, you know, that's teeming underneath it. Was there any other videos that uh, you you realized at the last minute that... Uh... I, well, yeah, because so after after that, with that video, she was like, uh, she's like, you know, is there anything else I should know about this show that you... <laughs> any tricks up I your give sleep? you a heads up. Yeah, and I was like, and then I, I got a little, you know, I, I you know, I didn't want to get in trouble, uh, but but mostly I didn't want, I didn't want to be harmed physically by, by anyone. Um, uh, and... Uh, so I was like, oh, you know, maybe we should just go over the show and I'll let you know what I planned. And, and, and I, I pretty much did like a fast forward version of the hour and a half. Yeah. And, uh, and, but among them, I had this other video, which I realized in describing it to her, I, I actually pulled it from the show myself. <laughs> like Why? it's a video I made with, uh, do you know Meredith Scardino? She writes for Colbert Report, uh-uh. but we made this video. It's, it's on my website. Um, but it's a, it's an ad. And it's like a spoof ad for for Tide, and and the gag of it is she discovers me lying on the the kitchen floor, like bleeding all over from my from my crotch, and there's just blood everywhere. And again, like you know, like the prison video, like at UCB, this video gets a big laugh. But then I'm then I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wait, uh, a, a majority of, or many, you know. At least a third, say, uh, of the guys in there are are in there for murder and stuff. Certainly, many of these guys here have have seen people uh, on the ground in a pool of blood, and and this and now, it might have the same response as women. <laughs> yeah, that that they, if they saw women, they'd get all excited. Yeah. If they saw blood, they might. Or I don't know. Well, I don't know. Like, but no, but right. just yeah, like it would elicit something a different. It would <laughs> other than funny. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I, but, and she was like, yeah, I don't know about, maybe we shouldn't show that one. Cause the, the new warden was coming to the show and she was like, yeah, I don't, and she's like, yeah, I better pull that one. And I was like, yeah, I, I think that one should go. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, oh, wait, no, that one, that one we pulled. Yeah. And then there was another one, a uh, select dental ad, which is, uh, I guess not that any of my videos are super well known, but it's one of the more well known ones. Where do you remember the Select Dental commercial? I saw that one. Yeah, yeah, I got raped. And so I was raped. Yeah. And that one, she was like, I described it to her, and she was like, I don't, in describing it, I don't think she thought it was particularly funny, but she was like, yeah, like it sounds fine, but yeah, the not for the warden. Like that one, she was gonna let slide. So the was, warden was like the executive in this situation. He was the yeah, yeah. He yeah. was the uh, yeah. Well, that's a. Uh, that's fascinating. So outside of, you know, helping you deal with your anxiety issues and, and forcing you to grow up, what were some of the other things that resonated, you know, in the weeks after that about about people or about how you approach things? I think it made, I, I sort of, I, I realized um, that I, I, I was aware of the things that weren't happening, like the, the things that weren't have going on in my brain, things that I didn't realize were happening before, like, like just walking around like 
I realized that like, like, uh, you're free. I was free. (laughs) I felt free with my body. Um, no, like I noticed like I, I was not getting like worked up about shit as much. And like I would stop like, uh, and I realized that I probably just sound like a jackass saying this stuff, but, but like stuff like just little things like on the subway, like a guy is listening to his music too loud and I, and I think it's horrible music. Uh, I wouldn't go that leap of figuring out all the other ways this guy's a fucking asshole and like putting his whole backstory together. Cause you know, like, I don't know if you do this, but like if I get worked up about one little thing and that's the only bit of information I have. Why not build a life? Yeah. And, and think of a monster. (laughs) Yeah. Build a monster in your head. Yeah. I would, instead I found myself going like, Oh yeah. I wish he didn't have his headphones up so loud and I'd just be done with it. So, so you think (laughs) that prison had being, having that experience and seeing the conditions in there or, or, or transcending some of your own fears, maybe you've, uh, you earned a little lesson in acceptance and tolerance. Yeah, and, yeah, I and think gratitude. So. Yeah, in, in, inadvertently, and in, uh, uh, I, I didn't anticipate it. I think I because uh, I tell people, you know, after I'd done it, I'd be like, "Oh man, it was awesome! I'm so glad I did it." And yeah. like everyone's immediate reaction is like, "Oh, like you feel like you've done a good deed." And like, I don't know, maybe I did, but that certainly wasn't my thing going in or coming out of it. So much d- deeper than that. Yeah, and, or, and it wasn't like, oh, I think I'm a badass or anything. But to be fair, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, it wasn't that either. But but like, I I, I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you described what happened better than I did. Yeah, take that, <laughs> Ira Glass. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me, Dave. Thanks Hill. for having me. I think we did it. Suck on that, Ira Glass. I think we did it. That's my show. I, again, I apologize for my voice. I'm glad you all uh, took part. Remember, uh, you can go to WTF Pod, get a link to justcoffee.coop. I'm not doing the pow today because I'm sick. Uh, so I'm going to do the tea thing. And I don't know that they have tea. Maybe they do. Check it out. You can also join us on Twitter. You can send us a little money. You can look at some pictures. You can look at some videos. Uh, you know, be part of the, be a what the fucker. Thinking about making some What the Fucker t-shirts. I'm going t-shirt crazy. Also, as always, go to punchlinemagazine.com for all your up-to-date comedy information and news. Thank you so much. I will feel better. Because I know some of you are thinking, Mark, feel better. I will feel better. Thanks for listening.